Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. You have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello, play partners. Welcome to our Power Hour here on Star Style, be the star you are. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And you're listening on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our goal is to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. And we are a show all about heart and soul designed to inspire and motivate you to greatness. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you for writing, speaking, and media interviews. Call 925-377-STAR or visit Star Style Productions to book your session. The world we have created is a product of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thoughts. And that's from Albert Einstein. So we can't complain about anything (laughs) unless we're willing to change ourselves. Well, in this episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are, you're going to meet actress-turned-author Melody Johnson Howe, who wrote a tantalizing thriller based on the fame, corruption, greed, dysfunctional relationships, and good old-fashioned revenge that exists in Hollywood. In our final segment, we're going to get an in-depth look at perfume, and I'll also help you reorganize, clean, and declutter your closet. But right now, our resident health professional, Heather Brittany, is going to give us a frank and fresh instruction on how we women can skip our monthly periods without being detrimental to our well-being. So, Heather, you know when... When I was growing up, if a girl didn't have her period, it meant she was either sick or she was pregnant. And so it was hard to plan kind of important functions around that time of the month. But it seems like today so many things have changed. Is it really safe to skip a month? 
Yeah, well, something I hear you saying when you grew up, you had a different perspective. And, you know, a lot of people grow up with a different relationship uh, with this kind of special time of the month. You know, some, um, some girls were taught to celebrate their period as a rite of passage, you know, a sign of womanhood. Others were taught, you know, that it's something you just kind of have to bare your teeth and grin and get through it. Um, and, you know, it's either really negative or positive, or as you're saying, um, people, if they didn't have their period, there's this, concept, this uh, misconception that you must be pre- uh, pregnant. And it's kind of interesting to think, how did women um, learn, you know, about their periods and, you know, what is normal, what's not, and how are our periods are so different before? And actually, in history, they've shown that um, now, you know, women are, are living longer they are having their periods a lot earlier, and that's we've talked some things before about puberty hitting in our girls due to a lot of the foods and the toxins and you know pollution basically are causing almost a, a premature puberty in many girls. And though they're having puberty at a younger age, um, many women are also uh, delaying pregnancy till a later age, which is very different than our ancestors who, you know, had children a lot earlier, but also were living a lot longer. And well, and also when you say where did women learn uh, uh, just about their bodies, basically I don't think they did. I think uh, people were afraid to talk about it. Moms didn't talk about it. Grandparents didn't talk about it. It was just sort of... You know, like that book, you do the red tent. It was, you just had to go into the red tent. Yeah, and, and you know something that's interesting, I think, you know, when it, this first, um, surprising a period in which I'll get into is something that's been around for a long time, but, um, I think it really didn't, uh, kind of become a topic until probably about 10 years ago when there was a big show, Sex in the City, and on it, you know, they talked about, you know, sex and success and um, on there was a conversation about a particular birth control pill where you're able to you know, only have a few periods a month and this kind of struck you know with many women who are taking oral contraception suddenly you know what there's a pill that I, you know I, that would make me have less periods so let's face it not many people are excited about that time of the month um, but you'd be told you could do that with many birth controls and I'll get into that but it means you know is suppressing a period safe and you really need that monthly period. And it's as funny as I was starting to say that women today have about 450 periods in their lifetime, uh, which is much different than our ancient ancestors, about only 160. And just the same that, you know, because we're living longer, we're having fewer children, we're having children later, I mean, do we really need um, to be going through all this? And there are, you know, the, the negatives and the positives. I, I particularly being, you know, a bias on this and working in women's health care, um, knowing of so many facts behind it, that I believe everyone, you know, for their own body, what they know is what facts for them. But I personally feel like you do not need a monthly period. But there are, you know, benefits to having, excuse me, um, to cardiovascular health, uh, benefits to having a monthly period. Uh, through menstruation, you know, your body is able to get rid of uh, the uterine lining, which that's what it is when you, uh, the, all blood is a, basically is is a shedding of the uterine lining. When your body does not get pregnant, if an egg is released, your body, women's body, we are, our bodies are built basically to bear children. So each month, you know, our body releases an egg, we build up this uterine lining, thick cervical mucus, it's some people are hard words to hear, but it's just medical. Um, you know, our body is getting ready to, you know, preparing itself to sort of make this little house, uh, to have a baby in it, but it, if, you know, if you're not pregnant, 
it's released. All that is is the shedding of the uterine lining. That's the blood coming out. Um, so with that, you know, a positive is that when you're shedding your uterine lining, um, you know, that you're getting, you know, it's, it's getting rid of excess iron. But also a risk factor to me is that many women, you know, aren't getting um, enough iron in their diet to begin with. So that causes them to have anemia, you know, where you bruise easily, scar, because your body doesn't have enough. Uh, iron in it. Not to say that then by skipping your period you're going to build up any more iron, but actually those times of month, that's why you know, we, we feel, you know, more emotional. Our body, we're tired. Our body is going through a big process. And something that's interesting on the larger scale of it, um, as far as self go, ovulation and menstruation is a, basically a violent process in our, our body during, you know, menstrual cycle. Hormones cause these immature eggs or follicles, and, and many women actually having um, periods is extremely painful for them, and they actually go on particular birth controls that suppress the period because um, they have such pain. You know, they um, they have uh, not sores on it; they have things that they're ovaries and the follicles that it's it's so painful for them um, that you know they have a doctor prescribed so that they don't have this buildup in the urine um It's endometriosis. That's the word I was thinking. Um, because their body is doesn't it sometimes it from- run in families, Heather? You know, having oh, challenges. Many, many things do. You know, it's, uh, many as they say, you know, some things can be hereditary, but as things can just start, is that many new things are coming up in our health care, uh, especially as women just today. As because of our thing in the beginning, we are eating a completely different diet than we were before. Even if we are healthy eaters, so many of the things we eat are processed. We are, you know, even the, you know, there's so many people on all these different fads, the paleo diet, on the even if we're eating healthy, we're still exposed to many things. Our, our water level, the, the air we're breathing, there's so many things that would test. There's so many things we're exposed to that we don't even know. Even, you know, in our deodorants, and our lotions, uh, these things affect us, and that's why new things are, are coming up. We're exposed to different things that our bodies weren't exposed to before. New toxins, we're all, you know, we live in a society with all these you know, chemicals and cars and Again, all these new exposures to it. So our things are changing. There's new cancer, new cell mutation happening so at rapid speed that wasn't happening um, before. And something, you know, um, if an egg remains unfertilized, as a thing is in the built-up uterine lining, this endometriosis, and shed, uh, you shed, you have your menstrual cycle. Many women have a lot, you know, a lot of pain. And if people have endometriosis, it can cause uh, scarring in their ovaries. And those are things that can lead to endometrial cancer as well as ovarian cancer. And as we know, these are really, um, really the hard things to be testing women. And women oftentimes, you know, we, we, there are certain pains we go through, it's cramping, we mistake, we misdiagnose things. And oftentimes it's really hard for dyers, uh, doctors to diagnose these things. Um, so preventing ovulation for many women can actually help lower the risk of ovarian and endometrial cancer. And something, too, you know, that um, oral contraception, the, the biggest kind of thing that when women uh, try to skip a period and working in women's health care and being exposed to all these different forms of birth control, people, I think a lot of times when we hear a name brand, we see a commercial, we hear an ad, people come in and they say, you know, I want product X. And we'd ask them why. Well, because they saw a commercial for it. It's, you know, they're, they're saying this and that. And uh, many companies have made a lot of money because they're paying for the advertising to have it out there. Because that's what happens. It gets into your brain. You hear information. But really when it comes to skipping a period, if, if it's something regarding pills, there's things called a triphasic and a monophasic pill. 
And what a monophasic pill is that you are getting um, different levels, you know, a little bit more estrogen and a little less uh, progesterone, but the same amount in a pill every single day. So you'd have 21 days of what we call active pills. In the last seven days, if someone wanted to have their period, those pills are just there as reminder pills uh, because many people, you know, they, they, we always try to count them that, it's, you know, if it's not in your nature to be taking a pill every single day, maybe pill method is not the best for you. But if you wanted to skip your period, what you would do instead of starting those blanks, you know, those placebo pills, is you would just open a pack and continue and start going. That's with the monophasic. With a triphasic pill, there's three different colors in there. And what those are is that each week the progesterone and estrogen is different. So if someone tried to cycle through, as we call it with those, instead of having no period, they'd have a prolonged period. But the interesting thing when it comes to it is that really someone could go without a period if they are just on a progesterone-only method. So that could be Depo-Provera, an Implanon or Nexogen, as it's called now, as well as various forms of IUDs, such as a marina, a progesterone-only one. And something that can oftentimes happen, you know, sort of now on the flip side of it, is what um, oral contraception can sometimes do is drop testosterone, which can affect libido, bone strength, heart health, um, less frequent uh, menstruations. You know, there is a possible that it could cause other cancers. There's been a thing saying that long-term use of estrogen has been linked to breast cancer. But as um, my clinician that I work under always says that being pregnant is a lot more dangerous and harder on our body than not being pregnant. And there just hasn't been enough studies that can include that either or um, has the truest health benefits. And many women actually experience um, at times in their life where they don't have periods uh, for a long time. And that can be perfectly healthy. I mean, there's something is talking with, uh, it's called amenorrhea, and talking with your doctor, some things if people have rapid weight loss or, you know, just overall, you know, they're really athletic, your body can just naturally, you're just not shedding, you're lining. Many times you're still releasing eggs. We, as women, we are born with exactly how many eggs we're going to have our entire life. And it's kind of crazy to think of if they're not falling out. They're kind of just, you know, almost rotting away, as they say, rotten eggs. Um, things that kind of become an issue is a lot of times uh, when women, uh, you know, that have been suppressing periods for a long time go to get pregnant. We we do say everybody is different, and that's why you hear of someone, you know, forgetting to take a shot or take their pill or get pregnant instantly, you know, when they're not intending to. And then you hear people who have been trying for years and now they've gone off their birth control and don't know what's going on. A lot of times our, our bodies have created these false periods for so long. And, and that's something, too, I just kind of wanted to flip back to get back on, is many women, you know, start getting their periods around anywhere from 11 to 14. And oftentimes people think of this period as a 28-day cycle that we get it once a month. But a normal, you know, quote-unquote normal cycle can be anywhere from 28 to 40 days. And most women don't have this perfect you know, you know exactly what day it's going to be. It's going to be 28 days from this and this. And oral contraceptives sort of created these false, perfect periods for people that as long as they took their pill every day, um, you know, on this and this day, they knew they would have it for, you know, this X amount of time, how it would be. Um, but we've created this false thing. If you go 21 days by giving your body hormones and then the one week you take it away, that's going to cause a drop in your hormone levels and a shedding of the uterine lining. 
So many women, when they go off birth control, instead of having this perfect period, it might be once every three months, once a year. So it's really kind of getting into your natural cycle. If you're trying to get pregnant. I have a question, Heather, because we're almost out of time. And, I mean, this is so fascinating. It could really be two segments. But how often is it good to skip your period then? I mean, you know, if somebody, is it, can you do it, you know, can you do it? They used to be things that when they first released the season out, they used to say if you allow yourself, you know, every three months to have a period. But then what studies have really concluded is there is no medical necessary need to have it. A lot of women that we've been conditioned to believe having a period is normal, is natural, and many women feel if they suppress the period for too long that you know, they almost don't feel womanly and they, they feel, you know, I wanted, I, I need to feel normal again. But, you know, one of the studies basically is concluding is there, as of right now, there on both sides is nothing saying that you have to and nothing saying that you should be suppressing it. But to the best of what I've heard from various clinicians is there's no medical need to have a monthly period. And if you're ever concerned... Hey, well, we'll have to, oh, we'll have to do another segment, I so think, on forever. this. We are already over time, Heather, but it is fascinating. And just wrap it up for us. Yeah, so one thing, if you have any, before you start, if you're on a birth control method and try before you start skipping your peers or anything, talk with your doctor, talk with your clinician, make sure it's something that is healthy for you, and be already and aware of any potential spotting or side effects or things that you might not be comfortable with. So, so with the bottom that, line is, is really for questions. Go to questions. our website, go to be the as well as be the org. Very good. And the, I think the bottom line is, is always consult your physician. And it's not always our friends and family that know best. It's better to have a medical professional. Well, as always, Heather, fabulous, very informative segment. Thank you so much. When we come back from break, I'm going to be interviewing screen siren turned writing winner, Melody Johnson Howe. She's joining Star Style with her new thriller, City of Mirrors. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Don't go away. The star you are. The star you are. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the star you are. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the Star You Are 501c3 Charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you are. 
Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Be the star you are. You are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the power hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need. We know you have a plan for your life. You set goals. You know where you want to go. There's always detours on this road called life, but that's where we come in right here on Star Style. Be the star you are, bringing you the authors, the experts, and books that inspire, entertain, and motivate. We're going to help you ignite your power and shoot for the stars. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You are listening to Star Style. Be the star you are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Well, as an actor and a writer, sometimes I do feel like I am both sides of a mirror. One side's a blank slate, and one side reflects the visage the world wants to see. One profession surrounds me with lots of people, and the other, I'm a party of one. Award-winning author Melody Johnson Howe knows this dual personality well. In her movie and TV career, she worked with some of the great leading men, yet she turned her back on Hollywood to pursue her real passion, writing. She returns to her roots with her first novel in nearly a decade. It's aptly titled City of Mirrors. Welcome, Melody, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, I am really thrilled because I really, I understand your, uh, your passions, you know, for writing and, and what you did with the acting as well. The thought of a big screen career is, is a mesmerizing dream for so many people who spend countless years in classes and pounding the pavement, just trying to get a break. Yet, it happened for you with a contract, actually a seven-year contract at Universal, and you didn't have any experience. So before we talk about your book, City of Mirrors, which is really based on all the Hollywood greed and scandals and all kinds of stuff in this thriller, give us your backstory of how you got going, and that way we'll understand how your experiences colored the characters and the plots in your Diana Poole thriller. Well, I, I think for me, uh, becoming an actress was fairly easy. I got discovered. And I got discovered at a cocktail party by an agent named Hal Landers. And he took me to MGM, and they gave me a screen test. But they only shot me from the waist up, so they thought something was wrong with the legs, and they didn't hire me. Oh, that's funny. Then, that's like when you don't, you know, it's like when you don't smile for your pictures, they assume you have bad teeth. Yes, I mean, welcome to Hollywood. So, then he took me to Universal Studios, and they shot my entire figure, so, you know, everybody knew I had legs, arms, you know, the whole thing. And I got the screen test. I, I don't know how or why. I, I I remember seeing the screen test, and I was like a zombie walking around trying to make, I'd never made a mark, you know, I didn't know how to act in front of the camera, but they saw something, and uh, I was suddenly, at the age of 21, an actress, and 
But all this time, before I got discovered, I wanted to be a writer. And I was always writing. I just knew I was a writer. But suddenly I was an actress. And it's a very seductive career. I mean, you know, I'm acting with Clint Eastwood, Jimmy Kahn, and I'm in front of the camera, and the camera loves me. I love the camera, and it's and it's wonderful. But it's something that can really suck the soul out of you if you're not quite prepared for it. And, and if you don't have your feet on the ground. I mean, obviously, you were grounded in the first place because well, you're so frightened. Well, I don't know how grounded I was, but I, I was... I was strong, and I, because in the same month that I signed my contract, I married a man with three children, and my mother had a nervous breakdown, the execs at the Universal Studios had a nervous breakdown, and, but I knew this was the right thing for me, and while I was acting, I was going to UCLA Extension to learn how to be a writer, so I was taking those night school, you know, uh, writing fiction courses. When you were acting, and you were acting with all these, you know, the famous people, and you were surrounded by fabulous crews, and you know, all the great uh, honey wagons, and all, you know, all the things that go yeah. go along with the, with the industry. Did and you still wanted to be a writer? Did you feel it starting to pull you in different directions? Did you start witnessing some of the scenes that you perhaps created in City of Mirrors? Yes, I did. I did because the I felt that when I was an actress, I mean, I was very young, and I I looked like a sex symbol, so I had that to deal with. I did, they didn't bring me in as a really serious actress, uh, so my my mind was not where they were, you know, how they were treating me, and so it it really my identity got very uh, confusing for me. And I thought after a while that if I didn't get out of this, I, I you know, it, it, it wasn't going to be healthy for me. I just somehow sensed that. And I and think it's I'm, not healthy for a majority of people, actually. And this is why I love your title, City of Mirrors, because so often, you know, when you go on a set and there's hair and there's makeup and there's wardrobe and you walk in like a, you're looking like just a normal person off the street and by the time they're <laughs> yeah. done with you. You could either be somebody, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, it's, you're, it's, you're a different person. And you're, you kind of don't recognize yourself in the mirror. And, and let's face it, they treat you like a different person. Right. You right. are treated like a star. And, and there's no reality to that. Right. Other than, right. than the reality on the soundstage. And this is why we have this show called Be the Star You Are, because the point of this is, is that everyone is a star. Everyone has somebody, has something inside of them that sparkles and shines, and we just want to find what that is and, you know, and not get into the whole celebrity kind of attitude. Well, see, I think, I think that's a wonderful theme, a wonderful f- philosophy, because we, we all assume that in this day and age of, of celebrity and just being famous for being famous, it's like if you're just a, a healthy human being who is living a good, solid life and doing wonderful things, it's not enough. And Isn't that why? horrible? It's like everybody wants to, you know, runs around like a chicken with their head cut off. We all want to be somebody else. You had mentioned, you know, in one of your um, uh, press releases about, like, these reality shows and, like, people like, you know, the Kims and the Parises and the Snookies and, 
you know, these people that they have absolutely nothing going for them other than that they, they shop, nothing. they get arrested, they, you know, they have big breasts. I mean, it, it's really I mean, appalling. I mean, I, I, I truly do not understand it. I'm appalled by it. And, and yes, we do watch them like a bad accident, but that's what they are, a bad accident. Right. And, you know, there is nothing. What have they done? I, you know, other yeah, than that's they, the thing. Is I, I think it's better them. to be the best ditch digger in the world and be proud of it, you know, than to have your your designer purses and five thousand pairs of shoes and you know exactly. I, and a show about living in your home. I mean, that would just make me <laughs> that would make me crazy. Well, but let's get to City of Mirrors because rampant. we are speaking with author Melody Johnson Howe, and she's written a wonderful thriller with a main character named Diana Poole, who is mid-40s and was is coming back into acting because her husband has died and she doesn't really know what else to do. And interestingly, you gave us another curveball, is that you made her mother a very famous, famous movie star. And, you know, I, I've often thought it must be horrible being the child of somebody famous. It brought up, you know, Thoughts of uh, Joan Crawford and Mommy Dearest, and you know you yeah. mentioned Bette Davis a lot in there. You know, it. I think that that has to be just a crutch. I mean, not, it must be a horrible thing because you. How can you compete with legends? You just can't be yourself. Well, but you know, I I did that because I think even in families where there are not movie stars, we are all trying to live up, live up to our parents in one way or another. Yeah, good or, point. Good point. You know, but for the but for movie stars, of course, it's just personified. Well, and you know, this one, this is really hard, especially when her her mother and I. I don't want to give away any of the exciting. No, no, you can't give away. <laughs> no, because I want people to read City of Mirrors. But especially when you have a, a, you know, the way that you framed it in your book is that the mother was a sex symbol movie star. So that makes it a little bit more challenging. And, uh, you know, another in interesting... The mother was, I mean, when I wrote The Mother, I was really writing about myself, but only if I, when I'm back then, but only if I had aged. I mean, it was right. an odd creative process then. That must have been very fascinating to try and take what you were going through, because as you said, being a, being a young person of 21... And looking really sexy doesn't mean that your brain is there <laughs> and well, you don't really first, know what to do with it. The first critique I ever got at UCLA in, in a writer's workshop, and I think I was 20 or 21, I don't know how old I was, and uh, I read my sh- a short story and the teacher said, does anybody have a critique for Melody? And a guy who was slouched down in the back of the class raises his hand and he says, how can you write with a body like that? See, how that sexist, was, how horrible. That was my first critique ever yeah. as a writer. <laughs> right. <laughs> it kind of went hand in hand with being the sex symbol on, on the screen, right? Well, it, it does. It, and that's, you know, that's where sometimes actresses and, and great beauties are divided. They're split in two because they aren't always what they seem to be. And again, we go back to City of Mirrors with that. Exactly. And that's what, and that's exactly what the book is, the, the storyline of the book. I love that the, the main heroes in your book are actually writers, though. 
you know, they're flawed, but they're writers. You know, you have Ryan yeah. and Colin. They're not perfect, but they're, they're, they're good guys. And so yeah. I like the fact of that, you know, that you inserted into City of Mirrors the life of a writer. Now, you've also said, you know, how solitary you had to get used to it when you became a writer. But it's so satisfying, isn't it? You know, once, yes, it is. I don't think there is anything more satisfying, at least for me, uh, than to, to hold a book in my hand that I have written. To actually, you know, when you're acting, if you don't get the role, you just walk away with nothing. You're always fighting a kind of nothingness if you're not performing. Right, and, and you're always writer, auditioning. There's always an audition. It seems like you're only as good as your your last picture or your last audition or your last headshot, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, if you can give a hell of a performance in, in a reading and walk away and not get the role. So it's, it's a, you know, it, it, it's a very difficult field to be in. And well, something but, in, in City of Mirrors, what I really enjoyed was that you have a backstory in there of a friendship of these three girls. And whether it really is a friendship or not, I mean, they've known each other since teen years. You know, again, without giving it away, tell us your developing process in creating your characters. And I know as writers, you know, we steal from here and we eavesdrop on this and that and all those fun things. But were these characters compendiums of people you knew or experienced in show business? Uh, yes, not necessarily in show business, but certainly from my high school and my and my younger years. Um, though my though the, uh, and I'm still friends with with one. But because uh, well, you grew up in Los Angeles, right? I did. So and did so you I'm go to school? Did you go to school then? With people that were in the industry, were there young actors no. or people that had no. parents of actors? No, I grew up in Glendale. And, okay, uh, so that's a little bit further. Right, and so it's like you know, it, it's it's a suburb unto itself, uh, sort of like Burbank is. But uh, but I I grew up in the shadow of Hollywood. My parents were were great people to go out to restaurants, and so I I grew up going to Don the Beachcombers and seeing Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio and. You know, I mean, the famous people of right, my Right, the parents. famous people out on the town. Yes. But back to the friendship, it, it, when I was writing City of Mirrors, I wanted there to be a connection between the characters. I mean, they're just not good and evil. They're just not, you know, when they betray, they betray for a reason. And though betrayal is probably one of the cruelest things you can do to another human being, you know, they have their very deep secrets and reasons in City of Mirrors. And, and of course, this is what Diana Poole begins to discover as the mystery of the murder unfolds. The fact that she becomes such a sleuth, I mean, it seems like that was her greatest role even as an actor. <laughs> you know, she, she becomes, she's such a good detective because she gets, you know, she finds well, this, uh, this, yeah. this dead body, and then she has to figure out where to go from there. But the way you set it up, I thought, had a lot of humor in it as well, with what she's carrying and how it all comes about. And yet, yeah. I find that Diana is very hopeful. I, you know, I just, I see her as such a heroine. Now, you, there's a lot of you in Diana. Tell us about that. 
Well, you know, I mean, obviously Diana is younger than, than I am, but, you know, she is my persona to, to a certain extent. I mean, I would love to be Diana Poole because she's very together. And in, very cool. Yeah, she's very hip. Yeah. She's got her feet on the ground, and she's, she understands the business in a way that I never understood it. Uh, it's only in because, of course, now that I'm older, I have perspective on it. So in, in essence, I'm giving her my perspective on the business. And, but she is a much more solid, uh, and I, that's what I wanted. I wanted a protagonist who wasn't young, but was of a certain age, who had a background, who had experience, who had had many relationships, who knew about life. And that's Diana Poole. You know, and she, I think it's fascinating that you did make her in her mid-40s because, uh, you know, Hollywood has always been such a throwaway society, and it used to be if you were over 30, you were just done, you know. And then it was like, well, some of the, the more famous people can make it to 40, and now we see a few that are, you know, getting older. But it really is, again, the book appropriately named City of Mirrors, it is so much about how you look and your body image, and I mean, it's it's an unhealthy look at at human nature. Well, but, and also, it, nothing is what it seems to be in Hollywood. Right, you, it's, you're, you're, it's smoke and mirrors. Yes, you are constantly walking into mirrors, and even when you look at yourself in the mirror in Hollywood, are you looking at the actress or are you looking at the real human being that, that you are? There, there's and, always that dichotomy. Yes, yes. You know, you also said that uh, that in Hollywood, there are people who would do almost anything to get, you know, an Oscar. I mean, even do in their own, you know, family or whatever. Is it really as cutthroat, you think, as that? Well, yes. I mean, I, obviously, uh, yes. I, I, one don't word, yes. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's killed for an Oscar. But yes, I mean, people are desperate in Hollywood. There's, there's a, there's, you can breathe it and feel the desperation. It's so thick. Yeah. And it, it exists there. And there are some people that, well, you know, I mean, if they don't get an Oscar, then they're nobody. It, right. It, you know, right. and. Well, you know, and it, I can, I can personally attest to that for the years I also went to UCLA. But, um, for, you know, for a few years after college, I worked in that whole Hollywood area. And I realized this was so not me. I couldn't take it. I had to leave and go to Northern California because I realized I didn't want to be a star. I just wanted to be a working actor, you know, and I, I didn't, I couldn't, it was also make believe and it was also fake and everybody you met was going to sign the next big contract tomorrow and everybody was a producer right. and, you know, it was like, oh my God, I mean, and I'm like a farm girl. I, I am a farm girl and it was just, it just was so fake to me. Yeah, although I love the work, I couldn't stand the atmosphere. And that, I thought that was it was my problem. I yeah. loved being in front of the camera. I did. I missed that. But I don't Well, it gets into your else. blood, doesn't it? It's something that I think once you do it, you love it. But then when you become a writer, and especially like yourself, you're a successful writer, it's a it's such a great way to express your creativity in a really authentic way. Uh, manner that comes from your soul, and well, no, I, I, I just I love City of Mirrors for that because I saw oh, your soul you so uh, through Diana Poole, your character's soul. Well, you know, I I feel blessed because I I did have the ability to be an actress, 
and but I had a stronger need to be a writer, and that, and I think if we talk about women in their life, you know, allow yourself to make those scary choices. I mean, I was called crazy when I left uh, acting, and and I remember walking down the hallway with the words echoing in in my head, "You're crazy to do this, Melody," and wondering if I was crazy. So I think you know, somehow, you, you know, what comes across though from me from you to me is that we have to learn to go with our gut instincts. You know, yes. listen to that little voice inside. And you really listened, although it was hard to do. Because oh, you were good at it and people liked you and you had a career. But there was something bigger for you. But I, I think this is where women, you know, don't pay enough attention to their gut. Yes. And they, that and, way they cut themselves short if they don't, yes. you know, if they don't listen to what's right for them. And they're always looking for that that word from somebody else, you know, that in, more than encouragement, exactly. but that nod of approval, right? And approval is the right word because, I mean, I had approval in Hollywood. And, I, you know, and I, I remember a friend saying to me, how can you give that all up? My God, I would dream to be where you are. You know? do, you ever, so, do you ever go to that place of what if, or are you so glad that you walked out on a high note and that now you, know, you can write about it? It, it's hard for me to go to that what-if place only because I knew I wanted to be a writer and, and, and it was just burning inside of me. And because of that, I knew that it was taking away from my drive to be an actress. I mean, you'll need an incredible drive and sense of purpose to make it as an actress. And I mean, and I admire those actresses that do because, I mean, they take uh, a lot of, you know, stuff thrown at them, and they take more rejection than they do acceptance. So I admire them. And, well, and you, you know, knew- it is a business of total rejection, and you'll see this in City of Mirrors for all of you listeners out there. We're speaking with author Melody Johnson Howe. Her book is called City of Mirrors. Her website, MelodyJohnsonHowe.com, and Melody has an I-E, and how is H-O-W-E. This is such a fun thriller. Do we have another Diana Poole thriller that's going to be following up soon? Yes, we do. The Pegasus, the publisher, uh, want me to write a second one, which I am doing as we speak. <laughs> Congratulations. I love it. I'm very excited. Well, it is exciting because I think you've got a great topic. You've got a great main character. I love the twists and turns throughout the book. And, you know, it's this whodunit, basically. And we really don't know. We're, I, you constantly turn a page and you think, oh, that's the bad guy or that's the bad girl. <laughs> and then you realize, huh, no, maybe not. Now what? <laughs> anyway, it was, it's a fun book, Melody. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Do you just want to uh, wind it up, wind up our segment with some last thoughts? Yes, I, I would just like to say, because of what I've done in my life, that for the women out there, I mean, you can do it. It doesn't have to be that you want to be a writer or be an actress or anything. I mean, you, if you want to go and work for a charity or do whatever it is, but just do it. Don't don't worry about what people are going to think of you, because it's, it's important what you think of yourself, and I think that's what's gotten me through life. Oh, and that is the best words ever. Talk about encouragement and empowerment. It's what you yes. think of yourself. And, you know, that is, that is really the only thing that matters. Can you sleep at night? 
Do you wake up in the morning with a passion to do something great during the day? And it doesn't matter. You know, it's not what we do. It's who we are. I always say we have to be before we do. So be the star you are. Pick up a copy of City of Mirrors. It's by Melody Johnson Howe, a Diana Poole thriller, and we have a sequel coming. Uh, you know, it'd be fun to have this made into a movie. Who who oh, would play? <laughs> who would play Diana? Who would play Diana that you would? I, I like? always think of Diane Lane, but who oh, knows? me too. That's who I pictured. <laughs> that's a, that's crazy. I I thought yeah. of Di- I just love her. I love her. I and do I too. Well, she just seems so very, um, so very real, you know, again, yes. that feet on the ground. Well, it yes. was great talking to you. So let's, uh, let's think that from, from our lips to God's ears. Maybe we'll be seeing City of Mirrors in the theaters one of these days. Congratulations, Melody, on uh, making the tough so choices much. and for empowering women out there to really go for what they love and to be who they are. Because that's all we can be. Be our best selves. So thank you, Melody, for being on Star Style. Be the star you are. When we return, it's the nose nose. I'm going to give you some tips on getting your closet organized and some cool info on perfume. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Have you heard about the laws of stratospheric success? Well, Brian Tracy, who's been an influence in my own writings and philosophy, shares some great tips for making whatever you want happen, happen. The law of value, if you learn to give more in value than you initially get in price, you're soon going to get more business and grow your profits exponentially as a result of people telling others that you give great value. The law of compensation, your income is determined by how many people you serve with excellence. The more you serve, the more walking, talking ambassadors you have in the marketplace that help you grow your business. Exceptional value plus exceptional service, create exceptional prosperity. The law of influence. People do business with people they know and trust. The more you value and service you give, plus the more people who know and trust you, the more they'll do business with you, and then they'll encourage others to do business with you. The law of authenticity. People respond to people who are true, not phony. So in business, the best person you can be is yourself. Give yourself and give value and excellence and you'll create a sphere where people are magnetized to be around you and, of course, do more business with you. Then the law of perceptivity. When you start giving, know that you will also start a flow of receiving. Be open to give, but also be open to receiving and to be open to having abundance come to you. Be wise in business and in life. Who is wise? The person who learns from others and the person who learns from their mistakes. Be solution-oriented. Don't run from the problems of life. Fix them. The more you're able to fix, the more you will grow and you'll be soon able to fix even more. So then when you fix more, you'll earn more. Be persistent. If you fall down seven times, get up eight times. Be unstoppable. 
Believe so much in your goals and dreams that you become unstoppable because you can be. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For information on booking a coaching or consultation session, call 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827 or visit starstyleproductions.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit be the star you are.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are dot org. Be the lucky star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. Thanks for staying tuned here to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. The secret to every success lies not in what or even who you know, but clearly in seeing where you want to go. And here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are, we know you have the power to have it all, and we intend to help you get there. And we want you to go and go and keep on going. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am your personal growth coach here. Any time of the year is a great time to reorganize your closet. However, sometimes after months or even years of stuffing stuff wherever it'll fit, we begin to feel paralyzed to do what we call a spring cleaning, even if it's spring, summer, fall, or winter. So how do we begin to rearrange, restructure, and tidy up our messes? Perhaps you need an incentive. Now, I had one, or I have one this year, with other Brittany's impending nuptials and the numerous parties and events I'm hosting. I've had plenty of reason to sort, clean, alter, remove, and change the clutter in the closets. So after I tackle one closet, I feel such a sense of satisfaction that I move right on to the next one. And the result is this freedom and this organization that I I just feel so good about. And I highly recommend you try it. So here are my tips for you to get your space organized. First of all, begin small. Choose your smallest closet. And the first thing you want to do is remove everything. It's the only way, the best way to get a clear view of what you have. Then divide your things into piles. Have a keep, a donate, a toss, or a pass. 
Now, local Goodwills, St. Vincent de Paul, Salvation Army, and other charities are always happy to get your cast off, and they'll give you a tax a tax write-off. If you haven't worn something in a year, really decide whether you just want to give it to a friend. The second thing is you want to take the time to polish and shine. This means clean your closet. Do a deep cleaning. You know, dust the shelves, wipe all the services, vacuum, sweep, mop the floor. That's when everything is out, obviously. The third thing is to swap out plastic dry cleaner bags. You know those the dry cleaner bags that you bring home? They actually hold moisture, and they can yellow your clothes. So if you do need to cover your clothes, get a clothing-friendly canvas bag instead. Then discard all the flimsy wire hangers. They leave clothes misshapen. Those strong plastic hangers are going to keep your blouses, dresses, pants wrinkle-free. So try those instead. Next, organize by type. When clothes are sorted, they're easier to organize further. For example, again, for me being in show business and having to go on auditions on the spur of the moment, I organize things by color and by uh, sizes and by what they are, like blouses, all my pink blouses, all my yellow blouses, you know, pink skirts, yellow skirts, that kind of thing. Once they're in sections, they're going to look neater, and then it's really a breeze to uh, to locate them. Now, you want to hang whatever you can. If if you have two hanging levels, use the top rod for shorter garments and hang the bottom rod as high as possible to keep clothes from being on the floor, and then fold items that are less likely to wrinkle, you know, like your jeans and your sweaters. Those can go on your shelves or, or in your drawers. And if you have just a single rod, you know, go to one of these organizer places and get a, um, their inexpensive kits that will give you two hanging, uh, two hanging areas. It's so much better. Then for your shoes, you want to keep your, the pairs that you wear most often in sight. If you have the space, organize them on a rack with the right shoe facing forward and the left shoe facing the wall. And that way that the, the heel and toe are in clear views. What I did is I actually had my closet I had pull-out shelves put in, and that just made it so easy because now I can see everything everywhere. And I went through my whole house and actually did that. Then you want to think high and low, and that is to make use of the floor space as well as the upper closet shelves. And that way you can they can hold shoe racks or they can hold those clear stackable bins or they can hold hat, hat boxes. You want to store your out-of-season clothes like jackets, you know, somewhere somewhere else if you have the room in a different closet, or you may just have to have a separate container and then make labels so that it's easy to see. All your accessories should be hung, like belts and bags on hooks to keep them from cluttering and also just to keep them organized. I also use a corkboard to hang my jewelry. It's just costume jewelry, but all my necklaces are hung there as well. And then you may want to put some potpourri or a sachet to keep the scent uh, scent nice and fresh and clean in there. And that's a, a really simple way to organize your clothes closet. And you can do that the same thing with organizing other closets like, you know, pantries, etc. Now, I just want to end with a little bit of, because uh, I found this to be fun, and being a history major, I always love to talk about uh, something, you know, that is historical. And this is just looking at perfume. It first was created and used by the Egyptians as part of religious rituals in the form of incense. And then they later used it as embalming for mummies. 
then perfume is the highest concentration of fragrance um, uh, of the oils. It has 20% active ingredients of essential oils. And perfume is the longest lasting. And, of course, it's the most expensive. Then in the order of what is best is eau de perfume, eau de toilette, and then cologne. They have lower concentrations. During the 18th century, it was the Italian perfumer, uh, perfumer Giovanni Maria Farina. He named his fragrance Eau de Cologne for Cologne, Germany, because that's where his perfumery was. So that's how that happened. And then for years, perfumers have attempted to produce the musky scents of deer, the must deer. And flowers such as jasmine and rose, they are the leading source of the essential oils in perfume. And then dabbing a little perfume on the inner wrist or the neck on, or on any body's pressure point is the best way to apply it. The warmest parts of your body are going to diffuse the scent over time. And when we talk about dollars and cents, the most expensive perfume in the world is called Imperial Magistry. And it's made uh, by Cleve Christian. And in 2006, the company released 10 16-ounce Baccarat crystal bottles, each with a 5-carat white diamond an 18 gold collar, and it was priced at $215,000. I don't think anybody I know would ever be wanting that. So if you want the most expensive perfume, that's what you're going to have to get. Well, that's our show for today. I hope you had fun. I, I did. I learned a lot. I had a, I had a great read, a great thriller, and I had some fun digging into the nose nose and cleaning the closets. So we do have you on our radar And we do want your dreams to come true. We do want you to fix what's broken and heal what's hurt and become the person you're born to be. So thanks again for listening to Heather and I every week here on Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about Star Style, visit star-style.com. To make a donation to the charity Be The Star You Are, who brings you this show and empowers women, families, and youth, please go to bethestarur.org or go to our Express Yourself site for our teens, btsya.org. And until we celebrate next week, love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I'm wishing you a wonderful, wonderful seven days. Be the star you are, and we'll play next week. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.